Welcome to Monster Crush, a podcast that's a little spooky, always sexy, and surprisingly educational. Every episode, we dare to find love in all the wrong places on our never-ending quest for the best monster smooches. I'm Derek, and I'm here to ask the real questions like, if you have sex with a multi-headed monster, does it count as an orgy? And I'm joined, as always, by the illustrious Heavenly. Hi, Heavenly. Derek, uh, thank you for asking that question. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I do think that it is dependent on the number of genitalia. Okay. All right. So, so yeah. heads doesn't matter. So, um, mm-hmm. heads, if we... arms, feet, hands doesn't matter. It's the number of genitalia. Okay. So, so if that hydra only has one, what have you? Yep. Uh, what one cloaca probably for a hydra, um, which is a, a fantastic multi-tool for the the natural world. That is that is a single sexual partner in your opinion. Exactly. Yep. Okay. All right. Well. Um, hey. Solved. We solved it right then and there, people. That's yeah. I've definitely i've I've thought about this a lot, and okay. it is a good question. But that's that's what I feel. I feel, uh, I feel that makes sense. See, here I was thinking, especially especially with a hydra, where you know you you don't have a set number of heads, but they can you know keep increasing and increasing. You know, that's the emotional side of it. Do each of those hydras have a, a different uh, brain that they're working with? You have to create that that emotional bond beyond even the physical with, with that monster. Yeah, I, I suppose that, right. that's a different question. That's a good point, though. That is a good point. Yeah, because I, I don't think, um, and I have no personal experience with orgies, but I'm not sure that uh, emotional connections are important and uh, in most... Um, group sex situations and yeah i think well i think that depends you know i don't, okay. I don't know that's you know? fair I, everybody does their own thing we don't yuck any yums especially not on this show <laughs> especially on this show exactly especially not on this show um well uh heavenly it is great that you brought up the the multitudinous nature of not only heads but hands or feet because hey we're going to talk about hands again hey everybody it's getting handsy part two getting judgment handsy part day two? Getting handsy part two judgment day It'll be nice because this will be coming out directly after Getting Handsy Part 1. Wonderful. And actually, while I was doing this, I, I found out that there will be a, a Getting Handsy Part 3. Because wow. I know, I know it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff with hands with monsters. A lot, of, a lot of monsters like to get handsy. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with hands just kind of in folklore and myths. So I thought even before uh, we, we dive head first, hand first, into, uh, into our singletons, we, we talk a little bit. You know, last time uh, we kind of took a deep dive into the evolution of hands, especially with a focus on polydactylism. In this episode, I thought we'd um, kind of step away from science a little bit and talk about hands in myth, folklore, and literature, especially focusing on the idea of the hand of glory, uh, left-handed inherent evilness, uh, and the monkey's paw. So, Ooh. yeah. Wow. Yeah, which I, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with any of those, but I figured we'd start with a hand of glory. Are you, do you know what a hand of glory is? I do not. Okay, it is not something that happens in the stall of a truck stop bathroom. So that's right off the bat. It, it comes from medieval texts specific, specifically, was the severed, often pickled hand of a man who was hanged for, for murder or some other um, violent crime. I believe it was always a man's hand. I didn't find anything that ever said it came, uh, it, was, it was a woman's severed hand. Well, women just don't, we, we don't possess the, um, the brain power to commit murder. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. women just can't commit murder or that, crimes in general. That's right. Which, the, yeah. the law says so. 
we, we know that. So. That's a fact. Uh, and I believe it was always the, the left hand, um, which we'll kind of dive a little bit more into. But yeah, the left hand was considered to be the, the hand that, that did the crime. It was the hand of evil. Um, I did find some sources saying it was the right, but predominantly more sources said it was the left. So it's, it's kind of up in the air a little bit. So yeah, w- one would take this severed pickled hand and place it palm open. Uh, they would then place a candle that had been made from the rendered fat of the same deceased person and place nice. it in, in the palm of the, of the hand. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you then light said candle, uh, whereupon it takes uh, a magical nature. So this uh, severed hand candle combo can unlock doors and it can render comatose uh, anyone that the, the user encounters. So if you're holding this, this hand, not in the nice way that you hold hands, not in the Beatles way, you, you can basically break into someone's home and they can do nothing about it. Uh, so it's an excellent tool. It was considered an excellent tool for like thieves and cutthroats and other murderers. It was, it was kind of like um, recycling one criminal to help another. Interesting. Alternatively, um, you could place wicks into the fingers of the hand and, and light each finger. Kind of have little palm fireworks going on. Okay. Yeah, and then, yeah, you'd, you'd paralyze anybody you, you came across, uh, unlock all the doors, and uh, there's actually, if you want to see uh, A Hand of Glory, there is one on display, um, even to this day, the Whitby Museum in England. So, so it is a historical fact that these were believed to be used. Oh, interesting. But yeah, uh, the whole left-handed thing, kind of segueing into that, I don't know about you, I I personally am left-handed, I am a southpaw, which even the the term southpaw kind of has a whole history to itself, um, denoting to uh, the pitcher in in baseball, his his hand uh, facing south when when he would pitch. But uh, I I actually want to argue against the concept that the left hand is evil. I'm... There's a whole bunch of sources that kind of say where that came from. A lot of it, you know, is denoted to Christianity, the left-handed path, uh, the path of the devil and all that. But there are tons of, of actually really important uh, people in history who were uh, or slash are left-handed. We have uh, um, amongst us wonderful uh, left-handers, we have Da Vinci, mm. uh, Oprah. Keanu Reeves, Lady Gaga, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, Bill Gates, Morgan Freeman, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Hmm. RBG, Lewis Carroll, Joan of Arc, Mozart, Aristotle, Mary Curie, uh, Michelangelo, Neil Armstrong, Julius Caesar, David Bowie, and even Barack Obama, amongst eight other presidents. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, take that. Uh, Actually, my uh, my grandfather, the reason I, I... kind of adamant about this, not only being left-handed, but my grandfather was, was left-handed um, and uh, went to Catholic school. Where ah, the, so he wasn't allowed to be left-handed. Yeah, the nuns uh, beat his hand so bad that he could not use his left hand uh, for, for a lot of things for the rest of his life. So there's, there's a point of animosity there. A little, little point of ignorance. But, uh, but yeah, no, left-handed people, weren't, we're not all bad. We're not all, I'm sure there's some bad ones, probably. I mean... Yeah, look at the odds. Probably. So I don't know. Are you? Are you? Uh, are you left-handed? Emily? Nope. Okay. Well, I actually don't know how to write. So. At all. No. Okay. Well, we we know once again women are not smart enough to commit murder, and uh, apparently literacy. Uh, Can't write. Them nope. As well. Yeah. It's never right. taught. So. I You're just, learning I'm, stuff here I'm, on Monster I'm no, Crush. I'm no-handed. <laughs> no-handed. 
just nubs. <laughs> well, I type. I type with both hands. Okay. Multi-handed. I'm multi-handed. I've never touched a pencil in my whole life. Now, if if you were to hold a pencil, would you do so with both hands? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would dual. I would actually dual wield. Yeah, grip it like a baseball bat and just. No, a, pe- a pencil in each hand. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. And my left. That's some Ben you know, Franklin shit. My left starts on the left hand, and then I write, and then I get to the middle, and then my right hand picks up where my left. Much wow. like a keyboard, you know, there there are sections of the paper that each hand is dedicated to. Yeah. Do you ding when you get to the end of the page, and mm-hmm. then? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I have to go. Whoops. Just, just how I imagined. It. <laughs> no, that was uh, that's some Ben Franklin shit that uh, Ben Franklin was said to be able to write in two different languages with both hands at the same time. That's not so, real. That's not real. I don't know. People say a lot of stuff about Ben Franklin. I don't know. Ben Franklin was just a weeboo. <laughs> yeah, he probably, probably would have been just a really gouty weeaboo. If if anime actually anime, I'm sure did exist. I'm sure Ben Franklin had some weird anime. Oh, he definitely had like some of that weird octopus stuff. Yeah, he definitely like, had some in, testicle in, porn in a book somewhere. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, the the guy was into some freaky stuff, which we'll have to do an episode um, that touches on some stuff with Ben Franklin because uh, he was also very much part of a sex cult that um, supposedly prayed to Satan, but really they were there to just have sex with French whores. And he also released a baboon once into the French wilderness that was never seen again. So I'll, I'll tell that story some other time. But there's 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 at least your 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 headline. Franklin I feel releases. like aren't this maybe a point of this may just be semantics, but aren't all cults sex cults? Doesn't isn't isn't every every cult leader is like God wants me to fuck your wife? See, that's the thing. Every cult leader is. <laughs> Yes, every cult leader is like, I'm Jesus, and I need to have sex with your wife. I do you... need to have sex with your wife. But that's where the line's drawn. He's like, y- you can't, though. God God said celibacy for you. For you. It's a one-man sex cult. <laughs> that's, yeah, really. Yeah, God wants, me to give, or wants you to give me all of your money and your wife, and you can just go live in a trailer in New Mexico. That sounds fun, right? <laughs> Don't worry, there's spaceships. Oh, uh, actually, actually, no, actually, thinking of that one, what the Heaven's Gate cult, the, the leader of that castrated himself, so that was absolutely not a sex cult. So there's at least one example, the really bad one with the, the Kool-Aid and the yeah the, the shoes. Jo- Jonestown, right? No, Jonestown was... I thought Jonestown jo- was the Kool-Aid. Oh, Jonestown, yes, Jonestown uh, was all... Jonestown was Kool-Aid, and they all drank cyanide in the Kool-Aid... I'm thinking of the one where they were all trying to um, kill themselves so they could go onto an asteroid, or no, to a spaceship hiding behind an asteroid. That was uh, that was Heaven's Gate, and okay. I, I thought they also they also poisoned themselves, and it may or may not have been Kool Aid, but the Jones Jonestown is definitely where the Kool Aid thing started. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a dark that's a dark dive. We don't we don't typically do true crime on this on this show. Um, no, we, we don't, yeah, because true crime usually audience. isn't funny, and also, people who are too into true crime, you gotta relax. Yeah, you and there's, relax. there's there's plenty of other people who do true crime, and, and they do it very well, um, and we're just, we're not those people. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we, talk about some fun monsters. We don't want to smooch any true crime. We do not. 
No. Oh, God, no, we don't. No, there was a brief moment where I was I was thinking of episodes, and I was like, ooh, what if I do serial killers? Ooh, no, no. God, yeah, oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah, let, no. Me, let me go to my friend Heavenly and go, hey, which serial killer do you want to smooch? None. None. That's the answer. The answer is none. Answer. Every time. Anyway, let's talk about a monkey's paw. So, uh, Monkey's Paws, once again, another uh, hand-type thing, uh, is actually does not stem uh, from folklore or, or myth, which I actually thought it did. Uh, but it Does it come from the play? Uh, yes, the short story that, of course, was inspired a play and a thousand TV shows and movies and everything else. Um, so, yeah, it was a short story written in uh, 1902 by W.W. W. Jacobs uh, called The Monkey's Paw. So, I'm going to basically give the, the story here. So, uh, spoiler, I guess, for... Spoiler alert for a short story that's almost 120 years old and has been made into every type of media that I'm sure you would have probably experienced it by now, but still. So the, the monkey's paw itself, the, the titular object, uh, is a mystical object that grants wishes with uh, every wish causing a, a finger of the paw to, to curl. Uh, one of the simian fingers. Uh, it ties very much into the whole three wishes theme that we see a lot with, uh, with genies in pop culture, not actual Jin in myth, they don't grant wishes, they're beings made of fire, smokeless fire. But uh, no, each of the three wishes in the monkey's paw are twisted. They're, they're granted, you, you get what you asked for, but in the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. It's always tragic, it's disastrous. The, the, story, the original story circles around Mr. and Mrs. White, uh, who come by way of the paw from a friend who went to India. Uh, of course, this is during English occupation. And they, he acquired the paw, uh, which he said was empowered by an Indian uh, faker. Uh, this is F-A-K-I-R, um, so which is a, a type of mystic or sorcerer kind of thing in, in Indian culture. Um, so, of course, this is another great story of colonialism, where essentially a mysterious brown person with magic has, um, in this case, literally... Uh, causes doom for the whites. So so take this with our, our usual grain of colonial salt. But of course, the, the, the whites don't believe that it grants wishes. Uh, Mr. White uh, is, is you know, he, he kind of takes the paw and he goes, oh, well, if this is going to grant wishes, I'm going to wish for a bunch of money. And as he does, you know, one of the, the fingers on the, the paw curls. And he said later that night, he's looking into the fire and he sees this, like, ghastly monkey face amongst the smoke and the next day the family uh receives terrible news that their adult son who works at a nearby factory uh died in an, an incident at the factory a meat and, processing plant yeah yeah i feel like that is important to note because of how the story ends yeah yeah that, he that died is a in, good, a vi- in a very horrible way that is a good point it was it what it did it, it was a meat related accident <laughs> <laughs> it was meat adjacent for sure. <laughs> and so basically the factory is going to pay the family a whole bunch of money, you know, as, as recompense. And so the wife is, Mrs. White is horribly bereaved at this point, but also now believes in the magic of the monkey's paw. So she forces her husband to wish for the son to return. And of course he does another finger curls and uh, he gets these horrific visions of this you know, mutilated corpse of what once was his son just, you know, sloughing its way towards their, their manor because of course they live in a manor. And, you know, in the, in the space of time, 
where it would take a corpse to drag itself to their front door. They start hearing this horrible knocking at the door, and his wife is freaking out, and he's like, it's not our son anymore! And, uh, yeah, finally he, he uses the final wish of the monkey's paw to um, undo his previous wish, and the knocking goes away. So, so yeah, that's that's essentially the whole story is, you know, be careful what you wish for, and don't be racist, I guess. Um, I saw when I was a child I oh. saw a production of the Monkey's Paw, and they changed it a bit. It was a very short production. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. This is not like a four-hour play. Not a lot you can add to that. They got rid of the end where he wishes it to go away, and so there's oh. the horrible knocking, you know. And at this point, you're like putting together, oh my gosh, the sun must look awful. And he goes, you know, that's not our son anymore. And the mother is like, yes, he is. And it ends. I remember this very vividly. The stage was red. It was all red lit. Uh And it ends with her opening the door and then just screaming this awful scream. And then the lights go out. And that was how they ended the play. And you're a fully... um, (laughs) uh, You've adjusted well as an adult. Yeah, it was spooky. It spooked me for a long time. I bet. Yeah, that's that's a, how, how old would you say we were? I don't know. I had to have been grade school. Enough to remember it for sure. Old enough to remember. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I I I saw a lot of plays when I was a child, and I was deeply affected by all of them in very strange ways. Uh, I went to go see good. the the Nutcracker one year. Okay. And that night, my grandmother says she woke up, and I had gotten a poster from stage production that had you know like a picture of everyone it was like a movie poster but with the actors Mm -hmm. and uh my grandmother says that i woke her up that night because she heard scratching and she went into my room and i had taken off all of my clothes and i was pawing at the the poster and she said what are you doing and i said i have to get in i have to get in (laughs) she needs me Okay. I'm I'm very I'm very taken by theatrical performances. It is important to uh, uh, bring your kids to the theater and and show them the the wonders that the arts can and do. And curse them slightly. <laughs> curse them forever. <laughs> yeah. No. Speaking of of curse theater, I saw Cats uh, when I was very young, um, well, elementary school, and that definitely left an impression on me. I have yet to see the movie, but um, are you a furry? I am not, but I will say that Mr. Mistopheles did not realize till I was an adult that he was very gay, but he was my hero for a long, long time. Um, and actually still is, still is, but as a child, I'm, I'm like drawing pictures of Mr. Mistopheles and all of the glowy light bulb vest that he wore, and I'm sure my dad was just like, God damn it, we need to get these cats away from him. I watched, <laughs> I watched the VHS of Cats every day for an entire summer vacation. Wow. Not not a joke. Every single... They weren't there. No, I was left alone at home. I am an only child. I was left alone at home to watch the Cats VHS on repeat for an entire summer vacation. How I I have adjusted is a mystery to me. Wow. A a magical uh, mystery Mistopheles, somebody'd say. Um, That's not it. That's... No... It's, um, what is it? Magical Mr. Mistopheles, of course. Yes. But, um, anyway, that was a weird digression. I liked it, though. I like, yeah. I like to learn about you these little bits. Oh, I like learning about you, too. This is very fun. This is nice. 
Let's just pretend nobody else is listening. <sighs> Heavenly, I'm glad you're my friend. Oh, I'm glad you're my friend too. And Aww. you know, speaking of monkey, I do have some weird news to bring you. Yes, yes, you 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 hinted at this before our show, and I definitely wanted to make sure we got to this before uh, going any further. So yes, please please tell your stories. Uh, I do. I have some weird news. Weird news. Dun, 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 dun. And uh, I'll start with the monkey one because you were just talking about a monkey and then I, I was originally going to start with the other one because it's kind of weird and disturbing and it did happen to me the other night and then end with the monkey one because the monkey one's funny. But let's just go with the monkey one first. Yeah, let's go with, let's go with funny. I want to be spooked later. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let me open my phone with my, with my notes. So uh, this is coming from Mysterious Universe. It was reported on May 7th, which is... Was yesterday or something? I don't know. I don't know what day it is. It is. It was the seventh. Yes. Yes. Today's None of us know what day. Uh, today is the eighth. Oh, it was yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in in Dorset, near Dorchester, in the United Kingdom, there mm-hmm. is a big old house, the Athelhampton Hall, which was built in the 15th century by name by a man named Sir William Martin. He had two daughters, both named Elizabeth, and a son named William. So, like, this guy needs to fucking relax. I'm sorry. Both of his daughters were named Elizabeth? Yep. Uh, okay. Elizabeth one, Elizabeth two, and William two. <laughs> there are two names in this world. <laughs> there, to say otherwise is sacrilege. There's only two genders, Elizabeth and William. <laughs> You, my and, daughter, shall be wives. You, my son, shall be a businessman. Um, and the Martin family crest was a monkey, which they had designed after their pet monkey. Now, there are a couple of different versions of how this monkey died. One is that the eldest Elizabeth killed herself, and this monkey was so in love with her that he went on a hunger strike until he died. Dang. Another version is that he was... Um, <laughs> kind of accidentally built into the wall as as it happens when one is expanding their 15th century mansion back in the day <laughs> just laying bricks have you seen the monkey for a while ah well, i haven't seen a damn thing regardless the monkey's presence haunts this hall and it does a very peculiar thing many 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 eyewitnesses have found the ghost of this monkey just masturbating <laughs> all over the place. Oh, no. <laughs> and visitors say that you can hear the monkey masturbating from every room in the house. I heard this earlier. Oh, God. You I heard sh- a monkey I- masturbating earlier? No, I heard this story. Oh. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be... There would be we wouldn't be talking. I would have texted you. I'm sorry. There's a spectral primate or primate which is ectoplasming all over my living room. I need to move and burn this house to the ground. No, I heard this story later, but I didn't connect the dots until just then. Oh fuck! They can hear it. Yeah, they can. I bet hear they it. can. Oh man. It says, the ghost of a randy monkey haunts the halls of a grand English country estate where romantic spook hunters flock to tie the knot. Titillated tourists can often hear the saucy specter laughing while masturbating. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you smell that, honey? Yes, I believe it's ghost monkey jism. 
And that's 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 the whole story. That's the whole dang dang thing. Oh man. Yeah, I'd heard that earlier, I think this week. And um, I'm so glad that you brought it here because I had forgotten. And it was so much better the second time. And I, I just, I have to wonder if, like, because sometimes you, like, you f- like, oh, I feel a cold spot. It's like, oh, I feel wet and warm for just a second. Gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Would you be mad if a ghost kind of jizzed on you? Yeah, I'd, I'd feel violated. I think I think there's there's people out there who claim to have had sex with ghosts, and I just and they're like a lot of them are cool with it. And I'm sitting here going, um, no, no, I would not. No, ask first. Ask, please. Absolutely, ask first. Like I mean, it, while I'm yeah. having a hot shower, right? You know, you into me? Like in in like streamy finger marks on my mirror as as it's fogged up. Write it in blood on my wall. I don't care. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a given. If you're going to engage in sex with a specter, it does need to be consensual. It has to but be. But can, can you... I feel like there's a power dynamic there because the specter is spooky. And there's maybe a fear of retaliation that makes... Is ghost sex ethical? Is it ethical for ghosts to ask you to have sex with them? It feels like a loaded question. Okay, so now we're kind of delving into the the kind of okay. So there's there's a couple of tiers to this. There's of course is this ghost um, from a much earlier time, which we've kind of talked about, and uh, I believe it was our most recent episode to this point, episode thirty, uh, where a time traveler. So are ghosts right. time travelers? There's that. Right. Okay, so here's the other thing. Is the ghost necessarily spooky? Okay, well, to your first point, are ghost time travelers? No, because the idea of a time traveler is that they are displaced from their time. Ghosts are feasibly present through the times, so they're able to... They, they're, they're in the know, in the very least, that they've, they've seen people coming through. They've, up, they've kind of updated their... They can't change their clothes. You just feel so outdated. They but can't change their clothes, but they, I yeah. feel like ghosts know a little bit more, but I think most ghosts know who the president is. Ooh, that's got to be... Well, maybe it's it's great for some of them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you get those Civil War ghosts, and there's like, yeah, as again. Um, I wonder about the ghosts, though, that like you, every time you see them, they're doing the same repetitive motion, the, the woman in white jumping out the window or, or what have you. Are, are they stuck in that time loop in... in in that case, are they are they time travelers? Are we all time travelers just going at uh, one second per second through time? Mm. 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 But no, the other thing is is the the nature of a ghost. Um, and I'm thinking Casper here, especially the the end of Casper the Friendly Ghost, where Christina Ricci uh, was definitely going to hit that. I mean, that was that was definitely uh, it was a friendly, uh, consensual ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, but you're saying uh, definite definite spook. Definite this. spook. If you're, yeah. I mean, if if you had gotten to know the ghost before, mm-hmm. that's different. But if you were taking a shower and you come out of your shower and written in blood on your wall is, do you want to bang ghost style? <laughs> there's there that's scary. There's some there's a spook factor, and spook factor is part of power dynamics. That's absolutely true. And also, um, so there's again two parts to this if you go to like a haunted hotel for example and mm-hmm. have sex with a ghost there that's that's a one-night ghost stand that's a one-night um, ghost stand yeah 
But if you are living in a haunted home, I mean, a lot of that's like having sex with a roommate at that point. Like, are they going to be jealous if you bring somebody else home? Right, right. Yeah. Right. And does if you and your partner have sex with a ghost, is that a threesome? Ooh. Well, is yeah, having, I mean, if have, is having sex with a ghost more akin to masturbation? I wanted that silence to be there for a reason. <laughs> okay. It all depends on what you think a ghost is at yeah. that point. I, if, it's, if it's energy, it's still energy. It's still something. It's, it's still something. There's something right. with a consciousness. This is hard. If any of our listeners have had sex with a ghost, please do send me a message. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, please do reach out to us. We we would like to, we would earnestly like to speak to you in a very respectful manner and, and discuss this with you. We would like to, we would honestly like to know more. Yeah, because I've, I've never had sex with a ghost and I'm, I've never been propositioned by a ghost, so. Same. Uh, yeah, definite same. Well, before you get to your spooky thing, I did want to share um, a bit of fun Spooky news as well, and then we'll we'll get real good and spooked before we get to our singletons. Um, I want to share the news story that I found that a uh, village in Indonesia has been um, hiring volunteers to dress as ghosts uh, during these quarantines to try and scare uh, the, the local people into social distancing. Um, apparently, uh, in Kepu Village on Java Island, patrols have started where um, ghostly figure, figures known as Pokong are said to represent, the, and they're said to represent the trapped souls of the dead. So it's basically just like these guys dressed in sheets with like kind of nasty ghoulish makeup on. Yeah. Uh, and they just sit out in the streets and it, I, I don't know if it's intentionally like if we're to believe that the Indonesian people are so superstitious to go, there's some fucking ghosts out there. We can't go outside, Rebecca. That's not an Indonesian name, but still. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, honey. We can't go outside these ghosts. We have to social distance. Or if they're if they're kind of like the um, the crashed car in front of the, the prom. You know, the, oh, this could be you, a trapped soul right. of the dam. I think it, it maybe it's just a little fun. Yeah, a little state-mandated fun. Does it speculate in the, in the it, article? It does say that um, it has not been as successful as previously hoped because... Um, people are actually intentionally now going outside to take pictures with these um, yeah. these ghosts. So it has backfired in um, a somewhat significant way. But but yeah, it was um, the the belief was mm-hmm. people wouldn't wouldn't gather um, mm-hmm. after their their evening prayers. It says, I do think this is fair to say that you should not have sex with those ghosts because that is not in the spirit of social distancing. That's true. It's okay to have sex with ghosts that you are self-isolating with that already are in your home. But if you yeah. are going outside to meet ghosts... Yeah, don't do that. That's not okay. You gotta wait. Yeah, yeah the ghosts in your home can't get sick, but and we're, gonna, we're gonna stop the line right here. You can't have sex with zombies because zombies might carry the, the coronavirus. Ghosts are incorporeal and they can't get sick. They they can't get that corona, but uh, any other type of undead, whether it be your your ghouls, ghasts, vampires, zombies, uh, what have your drogger, and any yeah. of the above, no, can't. I, I'm you can't. I'm sorry. Wait till this is all blown over. Even if you just think you're not gonna kiss, just don't do it. Yeah, it's we we don't know. We we just don't know. We don't know. It, better safe than sorry. Yeah. And always use protection when having sex with your your given undead, because they're also really cold. <laughs> Yes, that's a key thing that we do all know. If someone says that they're having sex with a hot ghost, that's a that's a lie. That's yeah. 
Yeah, you really got to rub the hands together on that one. It's got to be cold. <laughs> okay. We have we have goofed quite a bit. Um, Heavenly, I want to be good and spooked right now. I want to hear your spooky story. Okay, this just happened to me the other night. Um, so I, I, I have had, and I know that I've shared, I think I shared on this podcast or I shared on Twitter, I once had an experience with a night hag, did not like that. Zero out of 10 would not recommend. And I've had night terrors before, you know, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of familiar with weird things that happen to you while you're sleeping, but something fun and new happened to me the other night. Um, this was the night, it was Wednesday night cause we were supposed to record yesterday, but I texted you at 5am on Thursday and I was like, haven't slept all night sleepy now can't record post home mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so what had happened is i had gone to bed uh wednesday uh per usual around 2 a.m <laughs> it's my normal bedtime and i went to bed i was feeling fine you know whatever going to sleep and i woke up i woke i when i looked at the clock later it was like 3 30 but i don't know that that's when i woke up all of a sudden i felt that i was awake I could feel myself in bed. I could feel my partner next to me. I could hear the sound of things outside the window um, because we always sleep with our window open. We're on the second story. Sleep with our window open. It's a super big window. Uh, Faces the street. So I could hear things going on outside, which was what kind of first activated my, I need to be paying attention to what's going on because I heard something which didn't sound normal. I don't know how to describe the sound. It sounded like there were a bunch of things outside the window. Mm-hmm. And I had the very, very, I could feel that my stomach had been opened and that there was something stitching together my insides. Like I had this very concrete feeling of something's fingers inside my stomach, like stitching me up. And I was awake the whole time. Again, I could feel my body. I could feel my partner. I could hear everything. There was no pain. Just okay. that kind of uncomfortable feeling that I knew that something was going on, but I couldn't see. Yeah. I couldn't see anything. I think my eyes might have been closed. I don't know. Or else it was really dark. And around 3.30, when I finally was able to look at the clock, my heart was beating really fast. I was super sweaty. And I had this really intense pain in my stomach which I've never really experienced it before. And then I was really quite violently ill for a couple of hours. Wow. Yeah. Dang. And that's okay. I su- Success. I am good and spooked. Isn't that kind of spooky? I was trying to tell my partner this and he didn't really care for it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. I'm not making I'm not making any claims about what happened to me. I kind sure. of joked with him that I was like maybe I was abducted by aliens, and he didn't really think that was funny. And so he was like, "You weren't abducted by aliens." And I was like, "Okay, well maybe I wasn't, but also something I, I there was something very strange that happened to me. I don't know what it was." In your partner's defense, you have made very public claims in the past that you will be fully willing to sleep with the first alien that you meet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's like, no, you didn't meet any fucking aliens. You didn't Shut meet up. any fucking aliens. <laughs> aliens aren't real. I have, I, you have, so you've encountered so far, whatever this mystery monster happens to be, or, or entity, what have you, um, definitely a skinwalker from that story where you were camping and you heard a baby crying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and apparently a night hag. You, uh, wow. 
I have to say, of the experiences, of those three experiences, the night hag was the worst. That was the wor- that was the worst experience. I felt uncomfortable when I woke up from this most recent experience, and I was a little afraid, but I wasn't catatonically afraid the way that I was after the night hag experience. And the skinwalker, whatever experience I had when I was camping, I didn't even know that it was strange until much later. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any fear in the moment. Uh, but this one, yeah, when I when I woke up, I just felt I felt very uncomfortable. I bet, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. But I checked my body, and I didn't have any. I don't have any marks. No marks at all. Okay. Um, my stomach was still a little upset yesterday. I didn't eat yesterday because it just didn't feel good. And today it still like feels a little weird, but you You're going to get an x-ray someday and there's going to be like one little foreign piece of metal <laughs> yeah. inside you that's like no <laughs> earthly material. They're going to be like, your liver and your kidney are combined for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you've had an appendectomy. <laughs> no. What? Anyway, sorry, you were saying your wife, my yeah, wife. My, my wife had night terrors when, when she was younger, which she has described to me, and it is absolutely horrifying. Uh, I was going to ask if you've ever watched the documentary uh, The Nightmare. No, Okay, I don't. Don't. Okay, Good. I do. I'm uh, going to. Uh, fuck. Uh, it is... I'm going to wait until Alexander has left the house and he's at work and he won't be home until after midnight, and then you I'm going to watch it. always do this to yourself. It is a fantastic <laughs> documentary, but it does talk about um, night terrors and sleep paralysis, um, which the documentary even says that even thinking about it can cause sleep paralysis to, to happen. And it is horrifying to interview people uh, from different parts of the world. Uh, I, I should say all, I think, Almost all of them are white and English speaking, so different parts of the world in, you know, quotations there. Right. It's it's weird because all of these people experience very similar things, and they also experience things that are weirdly connected, the things that they hear and see. Uh, and then there's also some weird, unique stuff. There's And there's stuff where, like, uh, a guy was sleeping next to his partner, and the partner also experienced sleep paralysis at the same time. What, what it was was the guy uh, had continuous visions of a red-eyed demon. Hmm. And uh, he, he saw, while he was sleeping, he saw the demon standing over him and telling him he was going to die and the world was going to end and all this horrible, horrible stuff. And his partner experienced sleep paralysis at the same time where she said that she saw a black red-eyed cat sitting on his chest and it was speaking to him in some infernal language that she couldn't understand but it was screaming this at him ah and this is in the documentary it is i'm gonna watch it what's it called nightmare the nightmare Nightmare. yeah yeah which fun fact uh nightmare has uh, a bunch of different um historical kind of uh, origins to it, uh, but I took a my final class in college because I needed one credit to, to graduate. So I took a summer class, which was um, uh, what was it? Pop culture of death and dying. That's mm. what it was. Wow. And so th- what I was taught was that uh, the nightmare refers to um, uh, the person who is experiencing it. That a demon would sit on you and ride you like a horse or a mare during mm-hmm. the night, and that's the the pressure on the chest and sleep paralysis and all that. Right. Well, in some in some Scandinavian lore, there is a presence called the Nachtmara, the mm-hmm. the Night Mara, and she is the presence known as Mara. And so that's there's some speculation that's where the term nightmare comes from. Mm-hmm. From it, this has been present in many different cultures. Some variation of this sleep paralysis uh, creature, the night hag, the nightmare. 
et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Well, folks, we hope you're all good and spooked because we're going to talk about some singletons now. Oof. And, uh, and ho- yeah, yeah. That so, was our uh, longest intro yet. That was, that was pretty long, but we got, we took some dives. We learned some stuff. We learned some stuff about each other. I think it was nice. It was good. Um, and actually, uh, of a couple of these, these singletons, there's not too, too much. And like I said, I'm doing a whole nother, uh, getting handsy part three. So we'll, we'll get around to everybody eventually. Okay. So our first singleton, these singletons are sometimes referred to by as, uh, referred to as blue hole monsters. And actually I want to send hole? you. A, yeah. H-O-L-E. H-O-L-E. Yeah, and I am going to send you an image of what a blue hole is because we talked a little bit about them um, when we were talking about the uh, Ahwazadl in the previous uh, Getting Handsy episode. Those were the like jaguar cat monkey otters with the uh, hands on their tails that would drag you underwater. Mm. So yes, they're known as blue hole monsters. Blue holes, which I'll kind of explain to everybody, are they they're lakes kind of or or deep spots in in the ocean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so they're called blue holes because of the, the deep blue color, which indicates their depth. Uh, so they're predominantly in South America or the Caribbeans. Uh, and the, if they are landlocked, they link to the ocean through incredibly deep subterranean cave systems. Uh, a lot of times they'll um, kind of be in the center of an archipelago, uh, or they'll just pop up in weird spots in the ocean that just kind of indicate that, hey, there's no ground for a long, long time under here. And these are different than glory holes, not the glory holes that we all know and love from uh, truck stop bathrooms, but the mm-hmm. ones that are in lakes that suck. This is it, this doesn't suck, does it? It it does not suck. Um, it, it is very cool. In fact, <laughs> yes, it's not a hand of glory. It's not a glory hole. No, these these are these are very good. They're, they're they don't suck. No, they they don't have um, any pull. Although uh, this monster is said to pull people down into them. So the people on the other side that say there are no monsters can theorize that, oh, if there are underground cave systems, is there some type of suction that does happen that might pull people down in? Because, uh, yeah, people will go swimming in these things, especially the landlocked ones, and they'll be dragged down, and some people will come up, some people won't, and some of the people will come back up, say that they felt something grab them. Why and... would you swim? Why would you swim in it? Why? <laughs> I mean, it, essentially, it's it's a you know, especially if they're landlocked, because they're ones that are like fully surrounded by jungle and everything. And I mean, that's just a lake at that point. It's a lake that has no sharks, in a, in a you know part of the world where there are a lot of sharks. It could have deep sharks. It could have megalodon sharks that are you know that are blind. <laughs> yeah, the entire thing is just a megalodon mouth. Yeah, well, that's that's what people wonder because um, you know people suspect that. The thing that grabs whatever, that, that they're these singletons. These singletons are said to potentially grow between 75 and 200 feet. Uh, they're most often described as a giant squid or octopus, uh, but it is also said to perhaps be a multi-headed draconic creature, uh, maybe even a half-octopus, half-beautiful woman uh, who uses her incredibly long hair as tentacles. Uh, but my personal Which favorite, half is the octopus and which half is the beautiful woman? I think it's mermaid. Okay, mermaid, but with because like it says hair arms. Okay. Yeah, I think there's. But it, wait, th- so is it more like a Medusa, but with like octopus Ooh, okay. Medusa? Um, I you know no one's seen one. I think that's up to you. I'm kind of digging the octopus Medusa, where instead of her hair being snakes, it's tentacles. They are say they do say that the hair is what what is used to grab you. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Just lady with an octopus on her head. We've just invented something. 
we did. We did. We. This is our. This is our weird little monster factory. Uh, we we do it every episode. This one is less horrifying than our like, the horseman thing from our Celtic episode. I I did just come up with a name with it uh, for it, but it is okay. sexist and crude. Um. um we could, we'll forgive you. <laughs> we could call it the octopusy. Yes. <laughs> we have to. It's done. It's in writing. I've written it down. <laughs> Send it to the Smithsonian. They need to know. <laughs> and then what would we call... So that would be for the ones that are the a beautiful vagina. What would we call the ones that's a beautiful dick? An octa... Octa-dick. An octa-donkey. Octa-balls. An octa-donk. It's signed in stone. It's, there it is. Uh, yes, the two may, genders. Octopusy and octa-donk. May no one ever refute it. <laughs> Okay, so 75 to 200 feet, uh, uh-huh. which is large. Mm-hmm. How big is a blue whale? 100? I don't know. I always find it interesting. So I Blue whales are so big. They're like, I think they're like 100 feet. And sometimes when someone will say something's big, I'll go, oh, well, what, you know, that's half a blue whale or like two blue whales. I've never fucking seen a blue whale. I can't even conceptualize what a 100 foot creature looks like. Yeah, blue whales are somewhere between 82 and 105 feet. I don't even know what that looks like. How many school buses is that? I, stop asking me things I don't know. The <laughs> How tall are you? Well, I'm 5'5". Five five. Okay, so it's like, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> just, do, just do blue whale to school bus conversion. That exists for sure. It has to. Okay, so school buses are about 40 feet. So we're talking. So two school buses. Just two about. Two to three. Yeah. Two to three. That's like big. two two normal school buses and a short bus, right? But if yeah. it also well, forty, eighty, one hundred and twenty, yeah, okay, cool, wow, big. Now that we've done the math, a, a football field is one hundred and one uh, hundred and twenty yards, uh, which is three hundred feet. So it is a a blue whale is a third of a football field. Oh well, that doesn't seem that big. Well, football field's pretty long. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I only ever for seen a, for a living animal. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I should. We all know our audience. There's not a lot I've, of. I'm a liberal. I don't. I've never been to a football game. <laughs> Weren't you in marching band? <laughs> no, I wasn't. What? I was in speech and debate. I oh. beat up kids in the marching band. I'm joking. We didn't have a marching band when I was in high school. That was you. <laughs> Give me your fucking trombone, nerd. <laughs> How'd you know what I played? <laughs> Okay, so this thing's big. It is. And I didn't get to my favorite. My favorite um, of the, the potentials of what this could be is a sharktopus. Uh, there are a lot, of people, a lot of people say it's a half shark, half octopus. Yeah, sharktopus, of course. Yeah. Uh, but the scariest thing about them is, you know, of course. Oh, the, the, shark, the sharktopus isn't the scariest thing about it? Because the, the whole concept of, of uh, a creature with tentacles is that to drag something down, it needs to anchor itself uh, uh, to the the floor, whatever that be. So, considering how deep these blue holes are, the thing that is anchoring and also dragging has to be massive. Wait, you can only... Why does it have to be anchored? I think it has something to do with the muscular system. That, that an octopus can, like, grab something and pull it towards the beak, um, you know, using all eight arms, but if it's actually going to drag something down... Um, it would have to both like swim and pull at the same time. 
So to to pull something in, it has to anchor itself to the. What if it just never skips leg day? Now we're getting into hypotheticals. I don't know. Is oh. there a, is there a super jacked octopus? And what is the difference between leg day and arm day for an octopus? That's such a good question. <laughs> this is just so all tentacle day. Were, if I were trying to, if I were, if I were in the water below mm-hmm. it, and someone mm-hmm. were half in, half out of the water swimming, and I were trying to drag them down, I wouldn't be able to drag them down. I could only drag them down to where I was in the water. I couldn't go lower. I guess at that point you would have to start pushing. If if you were to like if you think about in the the horrifying concept of of drowning, um, if you are because a lot of people when they're when they're trying to be rescued out of the water will almost accidentally drown the person trying to save them. Um, which is why we use flotation devices. But uh, but yeah, a person who is kind of like clawing towards the the surface will start pulling, and then after they've they've gotten to the the level of the person they were pulling at, they start pushing to try to to elevate themselves further up and get to the surface so but that's also hmm. that's of course using um human muscular muscular system right. okay. We're, t- okay. we're talking okay. about octosharks oh, okay I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down you smell what i'm stepping in so i can't be drowned by an octopus you could if the octopus was anchored and it was a big enough octopus or if it just like latched onto your face i just right. peeked at you yeah right yeah yeah, just did a face hugger sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Singleton number one. Wow. Yeah. Not a lot of sightings of them. Of course, no one's there. None of them have ever been found. Um, and even the, the concept of what it is is, is very hypothetical. Have uh, they but... explored any of these big blue holes? Have they sent drones or scuba mans? Uh, a lot of people will scuba dive in these things and kind of explore the cave systems, uh, stuff like that. I mean, a lot of them are well populated. Even the photo I sent you has, you know, two boats, you know, zooming around in this thing. But I mean, uh, like, doesn't James Cameron have a submarine that can go to the bottom of the Marina Trench? Why isn't he exploring this? Yeah, the Marianas Trench. He is more focused on the Titanic right now um, and kind of has been for a while. Which, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, um, I've been to the Titanic Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, because that's where it is, and um, I don't know why. And there's some great stuff that, that he got back. So, But I mean, the, my point, I guess, is that the technology exists for there to be a submarine to explore deep holes. It does. It, I, I would say it's probably a little cost prohibitive for people looking for shock deposits. But I mean, well, okay, sure. But I just feel like this is a really big. No, I mean, to you and I, the priority number one, absolutely. But we couldn't go to Congress and go, hey, we need one of James Cameron's billion dollar subs. <laughs> We're looking for sharktopuses. But even if you weren't looking for an octodong or a sharktopus, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. just, this is just a big hole. We know so little of the ocean that we're just willing to just be like, well, that's, <laughs> we're, we're not even worried about that. You know, we've only ever, we've only explored like 10% of all the water on this planet. We just aren't even going to go in that big hole. I mean, I just feel like the science, there should be some push from the aquatic scientific community. What are what are wet scientists called? <laughs> There's not called that. Oceanographers. Yeah. What are those wet boys called? The water scientists. What are they called? Marine biologists? I don't marine, know. Oceanographers, marine Ocean- biologists. Yeah. Those are a couple of them. 
hydrologists. I'm sure they would be really offended. I'm sorry that I just called you a wet scientist, but you're just, it's, you do science and you're wet while you do it. So I don't know what you want me to do. You know, to be fair, I did make mention of us going to Congress for money. We can't even convince Congress that like climate change is real. I'm sure that, that all of the people studying the ocean going, ah, it's rising. I'm sure they've heard worse recently. We should study the ocean because we're all going to be under it really soon. That's true. That's true. It'll be water world. All right. Well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, let's move on to singleton number two. Uh, this is a yokai. Uh, I, there's so many yokai. We might as well use a few of them. This one, uh, its name directly translates uh, from Japanese as red-handed child. It is a yokai known in the Awamori pre- prefecture, uh, especially in the city of uh, Hachinoe, but is also known in the prefectures of Kagawa and Fukushima. Uh, it, so, okay, so we're going we're gonna to set the scene here. Ooh, okay. So imagine that you're walking along and you see a beautiful young woman uh, sitting under a tree. It's a Japanese honey locust tree. Uh, she's wearing a kimono. She has like it's one of the long-sleeved kimonos that I didn't figure out how to pronounce. Suddenly, you you start like she's she beckons you over. Mm. You start feeling really warm, almost mm. fe- feverish, weirdly. Mm. And you know she's kind of giving like the one finger, like come hither sort of thing. And I and I hither for sure. And bam. All of a sudden, a the the red hand about the size of a child's hand pops down from this tree and grabs you in the face. What? It grabs my like it slaps me. Uh yeah. Apparently, or it holds it just, on to me. I think either it does it does a lot. It, it just pops down from a vine and just I think very much face huggers. And the and woman it, is a part of it. Apparently, yeah. Uh, it, it, this is this is. It's called the red-handed child. Uh, it is a yokai that has kind of like these two spiritual parts that apparently the woman is, in many ways, part of it, that she kind of lures people towards the tree. And then oh, this like red-handed, like, plum baby hand just comes down and... Disembodied baby hand? Uh, it is It is attached to the tree. Okay, so it's like... Yeah, so it's not like a ghost. It's, but yes, no, it is not connected to a the rest of a child. It is, so it's like, it is just a hand. It's like a vine that comes down with the baby hand on it, or like a branch? Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, don't yeah. Like, I don't like this. Now, I'm not saying that we should ban ghosts from uh, getting together in large groups, <laughs> but I do... And these I times, I think we have to, even ghosts have to social distance. I don't think that ghosts should be able to work. Ghosts, spirits, yokais, de- I don't think they should be able to work together in concert to harass me. <laughs> uh, and actually, uh, to that point, it is no. It is also said that this, uh, this yokai does pair up with other yokai to detach itself from the tree and like wait along roadsides and grab at people's ankles to make them trip and fall. What the fuck? So this thing this thing loves teamwork. So is the red baby hand the brains behind the operation? Is the hand the brains? Um <laughs> I I don't know. I don't there's there's not a lot known about them. It's just it, I I was looking up, you know, hand monsters and it was like, "Hey, here's this weird ass yokai." I was like, "Take it." Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's all there. It's just it's it they don't harm people. Um, it, it's just, not like they just harass. Yeah, they just harass. They just start. They just start shit. That they can't finish. No, there's there's a lot of yokai out there that are just rude. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just they're just assholes. Yeah. and this is this falls certainly into that category. It, it intentionally scares people. 
um, lures them in with with pretty women, scares them, and then tries to trip them along the road. It's fucking yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's all I had for that one. So let's move on to uh, Singleton number three. This Singleton was only ever seen once, uh, and if if it was seen at all, there's not. A lot of physical description to this one, uh, a lot like Singleton number one, but even less so. Singleton number one has like theories of what this was. This one, well, I'll just tell you the story. It's August 21st, 1955. Uh, a Mrs. Darwin Johnson is swimming in the Ohio River near Evansville, Indiana with some friends. It's a nice day. She's about uh, 11 feet from the shore. It's not that deep. Is she with her husband? I believe her husband was there. Yeah, they were kind of having like a... a a friend outing sort of thing back when you could do that i was gonna say what is that uh but all of a sudden while she's swimming she feels that she is grabbed by something around her ankle mm. and she looks down she describes this uh, hideous creature that she can kind of make out beneath the the water and she says that the the hand feels large hairy and claw-like and it grips her around the leg so she kicks free, of course, and then the thing grabs her around the waist and pulls her down. So everybody's watching as she's fighting against something in the water. Uh, so one of her friends throws her an inner tube. She's able to grab onto that and kick free. Uh, she makes her way to shore and discovers that amongst some contusions, there is actually a large green handprint that has been left where the, the creature grabbed her. And the green color was, didn't, uh, wasn't removed, didn't fade or go away for several days. Hmm. Where was this on her body? Uh, it was on her leg. Hmm. So a weird footnote to all of this is that sometime later, um, an unnamed Air Force colonel, so he introduced himself as an Air Force colonel, um, visited the Johnsons. Uh, they said that he took extensive notes and then threatened them never to speak about the incident again. Suspicious. Yeah. So a lot of people um, have kind of connected this because, of course, you know, it happened in the Ohio River uh, near uh, in Evansville, Indiana, which is one of these weird kind of connected like series of hot spots that all kind of happen uh, in the, the eastern time zone. There's, you know, we we've kind of mentioned before the Hopkinsville goblins, uh, the Dover demon has been brought up before, uh, the Mothman, the Loveland Frogmen, um, all of these these weird creatures which kind of individually are named for where they show up, but if you mm. pile them all together, it's kind of like, oh, these are all very much the same thing. These are all these weird green alien-like creatures who are associated uh, with water or bridges right. um, and, and often have military personnel, especially Air Force personnel, because of Wright-Patterson um, Wright Air Force Base, which is in uh, Dayton, Ohio which is uh, one of the largest Air Force bases and is said to be where the uh, Area 51 crash, uh, the, the remnants of that were taken. Uh, which shout out to Dayton, hometown. What up? But yeah, that's, it's kind of this, this theory that there's these you know, cave systems which all interconnect and bridges are a big part of it. And, and was this perhaps um, you know, uh, an alien, and a potentially underwater alien that was mm. grabbing at her? Was she the only one that was grabbed? She was. Did, and okay. Did anyone get ugh, weird? She the only one ever who's been grabbed. Uh, the only one that's come forth with that story. It's come forward, yeah. Or and, and once again, like uh, like I said, the Dover Demon. If you if you look at that and then you look at the Love and Frogmen, if you were to put those side by side, you'd be like, eh, it's maybe the same thing. Right. But they have kind of location names. So and and once again, I'll recommend the the series Hellier on Amazon, which also makes the connection that a lot of these. 
these weird things are, are strangely connected in right. creepy, scoop, spooky ways. Interesting. Yeah. We'll get to our, our final singleton. I, uh, I brought four today. Our next singleton, um, you might actually know. It, it is a he. It, it is an only one. Our next singleton is noted as a descendant of Cain, a creature of darkness, exiled from happiness and accursed of God, the destroyer and devourer of mankind. So you know he's fun at parties. Um, but actually not. He he hates parties. Um, yeah. he, he hates parties a lot. Uh, he's typically considered to be a giant, uh, similar to an ogre or a troll, uh, but is most known for his ferocity, rage, and strength. Hmm. When I say he hates parties, he hates parties so much that uh, his neighbors decided to have a party once, and uh, they got a little loud. He so owns he, a home? He's a homeowner? Uh, he, he owns a den, I will okay. say. Yeah. He, he, he has a place where he regularly sleeps. I, I, I would, if, we were, if this was a person, we would probably categorize him as homeless. Uh, but, you know, monsters have different definitions of homes, you know? Right. Yeah. Is Bigfoot homeless? I don't know. Maybe that tree's his home. You don't know. Right, right. Yeah. But, yeah, so the neighbors got a little loud. So he went over there, and he knocked on their door, and then he knocked down their door, and then he murdered everyone inside and ate every single one of them. What kind of party were they having? Just a get-together. Just Was it like a, a child's birthday party? Um, I think it was probably, if I know these guys, probably um, more of a body celebration, maybe just of life. Orgy? Maybe they had a good hunt. Uh, I think everyone was clothed at this oh. time. When you say body celebration, I do think of an orgy. That's fair. That, that is fair. Yeah. Um, I, I, I should have said body. B-A-W-D-Y. Oh. Yeah. Like lively. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, what time did you say this was? What time period? Probably what would be considered the Dark Ages. Oh, okay. For I was still 1955. Oh, and... sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this would have been in the news. <laughs> I was like, what is, ha- like, they're just having a potluck party in this, next to a fucking cave? <laughs> Family murdered by monster. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay, okay. That is the kind of news story that would pop up, like, nowadays, and we all just be like, yeah, fucking figures. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> Murder hornets and... Just add it to the, Indonesia whatever's ghosts. going on in April. UFOs. Oh, man. So, uh, so yeah, he... he like I said, murdered and ate everyone, and he would continue to do so. Uh, he would continue to murder slash eat everyone for every night for 12 years in this particular building, um, which was kind of like a, a get-together sort of place. He would murder and eat everyone every night, so he would eat everyone, and then more people would come? If, if they were to show up, yeah, they, they, they stopped showing up. They learned pretty quick that hey let's stop did they learn pretty quick or did it because t- a month is a long time to not learn that lesson yeah it, I, it was 12 years oh oh so that's not quick at all you were being sarcastic <laughs> um <laughs> i i would think so I, I think that maybe they would just have like somebody because this was like i would say that this was like a town hall kind of gathering space sort of thing so maybe at first they were like oh let's try this out and like the next day he came and ate everybody like all right how about once a month and he still did it and they're like okay let's test this out and see if it's like in every if it's like if we do this on a on a friday or what about two let's have a tuesday kegger is he gonna kill us on a tuesday is this creature is this angelina jolie and beowulf you have Almost nailed it on the head. It is. It is not Angelina Jolie. Um, it is from Beowulf. It is. Is it? What's his name? Grindelwald. It, it is. It is Grendel. Grindelwald. What did you say? 
Grendel Bob? No. Grendel Bob. Oh. It is Grendel. It is not Grendel Bob. It is it is it is Grendel. Yes. Oh, this okay. is this is fictitious. Um so when you asked me what year, I was like, ah, I don't know. Viking times. <laughs> what was uh, Angelina Jolie's character's name? Grendel's mother. Oh, that she doesn't have a name? <laughs> nope. She Grendel's mother was never given a name. Okay. Because yeah, it's it was uh, it was an oral history to begin with, and it was kind of you know shared by the Danes for okay. it's, it's, a, it's a Danish story. I almost wouldn't have gotten it, but when you said town hall, I immediately thought of uh, the movie Beowulf. <laughs> they were yeah. all okay. in town hall, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Right, so you were thinking of the the weird kind of not like live half, action. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. half animated, half live action. Beowulf. Yeah, with Anthony Hopkins. Starring, and, starring Angelina Jolie as Grendel Bob's mom. Who is naked, but also not. They really like, te- they're like, you get to see Angelina Jolie naked, but not. She, she's gold. You're not getting any nips. Yeah, gold nips. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was going to say, he's he's a mama's boy, and uh, he still lives at home. And yeah, Grendel, um, turns out he's such a bully that a uh, new guy comes to town. I was, I was trying to be kind of subtle about this, but apparently I gave it away with Town Hall. So, uh, so yeah, Beowulf comes to town, uh, throws a party just to piss him off, and just as expected, Grendel goes over there, tries to bust up the party. When he does, he gets his arm torn off, which is where he fits into our, our handsy. He lost an arm, he lost a hand. So that's how he fits into the, the getting handsy. Which, well, of course, makes... Less. He, he is He is one hand less, yeah. One hand. He's a sigh hand. Nope. Didn't I? So I've never, I've never read Beowulf. Okay, that's fine. Um, it's it's dense. I've, I've seen, I've seen the movie. Uh huh. <laughs> which I assume is incredibly accurate. Does Beowulf have sex with with Angelina Jolie? No. Someone not the, does. Not Someone in the original does. story. Um. Uh. Okay. So so in we'll, we'll talk about the movie. In the movie. It's hinted that Grendel is the um, the byproduct of Anthony Hopkins' character, the king. Right, the old, the king, and yeah. Angelina Jolie. Right. And then when Beowulf goes to slay Angelina Jolie, he also has sex with her, which is what gives birth to the dragon slash his son, who then kills Beowulf. The, the, the idea that the son killing the father is this curse that Angelina Jolie's character bestows upon all men uh, who are blinded by their own glorification. Um, since, since the character does not have a name, I think that we should just name her Angelina Jolie. You have been on an excellent role for naming in this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, she, she is a, a water monster. Um, I will say in the, in the Beowulf story, neither monster is particularly described in any real detail. Uh, which is why Grendel is often just depicted as uh, like a big boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would love to hear what Grendel's mother should be named. Yeah, I think it should be Angelina Jolie because she did, <laughs> <laughs> as as homage to Angelina Jolie, who did portray her. Okay, yeah, we just need to, yeah, we need to go back in time now and convince the. I the just o- think. I think any future translations and printing of Beowulf should just say Angelina Jolie. And I think if, if you just say it, it'll become normal. Beowulf drove his sword into Angelina Jolie's throat. <laughs> yeah. Spilling exactly. the monster's blood. Um, okay, yeah. No, I, I dig it. Yeah. Why not? There's, there's literally been no real successful de- media depiction 
of of Beowulf. No no visual depiction has has actually been successful. So sure. Okay, I like this. Yeah. Um, I also will say that um, there is a wonderful book um, about Grendel titled Grendel, which uh, portrays him as more of a a pensive kind of thoughtful creature who uh, views the world through uh, a spyglass of existentialism and nihilism, and uh, he he kind of balances his monstrous nature against the inherent and perceived heroic nature of his neighbors. Uh, He still eats people, so... Right, but I mean, he, he thinks about it. Yeah, he's very, he's very thoughtful. So, so those are our singletons. Yeah. Okay. So we have our, our blue hole monster. Uh, we have our red-handed child thing, our, our green handprint monster, and, uh, and Grendel. All right. Well, I am intrigued, definitely, by, by the first one. Yeah. That one has a lot of options to it. And also, I will say with the, the green-handed one, you also don't know what that one looks like. So so that can be, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, you're, that's true. I just, I think I like, okay, I think let's start with the, right from the, the start. Um, the green-handed uh, drowned boy mm-hmm. um, is a no. Okay. Okay, that is the the green clawed monster, the green clawed beast. That's that is all the the name that it got. It is it is one of those pop up once, never seen again sort of things. So that is the photo of that one where they've kind of depicted it as some sort of uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. I was going to say definitely, sort of. definitely creature of the Black Lagoon vibe. This one, a lot of depictions. Even though she said the hand was hairy, everybody makes it scaly. So yeah, with ends yeah. webbed as well. It is yeah. Um, the red, the red handed baby hand. Mm -hmm. Again, I do not like the idea of ghosts teaming up on me to trick me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like, I don't like feeling like I'm being baited, even if that's what's happening. And the baby hand part is what really freaks me out. So I'm going to have to say no to that one. That's fair. Okay, so there's I have two images for that one. That is just the the what baby the hand it's just there. Like, that's just like a red balloon on a. Yeah, it's like almost a, like a fruit. <laughs> yeah. Like a plum, and then that's the that's a more artistic depiction, which has several of these these ghostly baby hands with um with, uh, a, with a bodacious uh, babe hanging out underneath. Yeah, a very very anime styled um woman in a kimono. That was the uh, and I want to say this right, Akatiko. Okay. Once again, is a is a yokai, and that that uh, name encompasses apparently both spirits. Even the the woman is is maybe something that is uh, like an illusion that's created by the the hand. We, who knows? Okay. All right. So we're down to to Grendel and the blue hole monster. I'm really intrigued by the blue handed mon the blue hole monster mm-hmm. because I want to know what the fuck is in those holes. Oh, okay. So it's the but mystery. Yeah. It's the mis- It's very mysterious. But, yeah. and if there's an octopus here, an octodong, that's on the other side of that, then yes. If it's a no. shark octopus, then no. I do. I, I've been. I've been wondering this the whole time. Is the octodong is the head of the octopus the dong, or are each of the tentacles do they end in dongs? Um. Well, it's the two genders. Okay. Yeah, the pussy and the dong are the genders. So the octopusy, it, it looks like a, like a, 
has a has a vagina body, not a vagina body, but a a, a body with boobs and a vagina. And the other one has uh, just pointless nipples and a dog. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank God my, I would have I would have stayed up tonight wondering. That's my mermaid merman, basically uh, binary that I've created yeah. for these creatures. And then they have tentacle heads. Okay. So, well, at that point, we basically just created Ursula. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not picturing them with, I'm not picturing them with uh, tentacle bodies, just heads, like Medusa. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I got you. Yeah. But then they're it. kind of like merman, mermaids, like fish people. I got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, give us some fan art. <laughs> Yeah, this show. Don't do that. We did get some lovely fan art before of Cube Snake. Um, yeah, may- maybe not Octopussy. So I think I I do I like how pensive Grendel sounds. Yeah. Um, he sounds misunderstood, but also justified because I would also hate if everyone had a really loud party right next to my house every fucking night for twelve years and, and didn't did, invite him. And did not only did they not invite him, but they didn't learn their lesson yeah yeah i mean these, these were vikings it's kind of like being next to a biker bar i think is the the contemporary connection to it but yeah, yeah did not learn their lesson so i think i'm gonna go with i think i'm gonna go with grendel all right hey the monster you know yeah. uh okay well the, the monster you did not pick is the luska uh it's l-u-s either c or k there's there's two different spellings on it and uh, I am going to share the uh, octoshark because the sharktopus because that's my favorite. And then right. it's actually from the, the yes the 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 lovely um, direct to TV sci-fi movie sharktopus, which I highly recommend. So that is the sharktopus there, and of course uh, Grendel is just a uh, big angry boy. So there is uh, Grendel with his nice little messenger bag. He's got a nice little satchel. I'm sure he keeps all of his books in. He's kind of just going like, hi. He's kind of like a little nerdy boy. Yeah, just lives with his mom and, uh, yeah, reads all his books. All right. Well, uh, I think Grendel, uh, even though he, he dies in the story I in, of blood loss and, and amputation, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, I, I think you could get him out of his mom's house. Uh, I think you two would have a lovely life together. Oh, thank you. You know, yeah, just go to like some quiet parties. Just have like some some nice quiet times. Just like, hey, I, I I'm I'm really enjoying this book. I think you'd really like it. Yeah, and definitely. Like, I'm gonna keep everything to a whisper. <laughs> I agree. I would love to read that book. So great. All right. Well, um, thank you, everyone. I I hope that you you enjoyed. Thank you, Heavenly. I hope that uh, that you had fun. We had some some great times before our singletons. Even better times during. Uh, and uh, you all can can look forward to uh, getting Hansy Part Three, where we talk about more Hansy monsters. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, while we're thanking people, Heavenly, I'm sure you have uh, some people you want to thank. Yes, I would like to say thank you to Richard, our super producer, Alexander Geisler, who did our intro music, and he is on Instagram at Cherboye, which is spelled C H U R B O J E. It'll be in the notes. I'd like to thank the Nerdsmith Network, who it hosts us, is kind of like our father, uh, takes care of us. And thanks, Daddy. Thanks, Daddy, and protects us from outside forces. And they have tons of other amazing shows. 
uh, as well as streams. So go ahead and check them out there on Twitter. Definitely don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review us because that's how we don't spend any money ever because we're in quarantine. But even before then, we didn't spend any money on advertising. It's all word of mouth. So just tell everyone, even people you don't like, because we don't care about your drama. We only care about <laughs> listeners. If you, tell your enemies. <laughs> if uh, you leave us a review, I'll read it aloud. We did get a new review. Uh, it's not necessarily new. It's from March. Um, I was just never notified that it was there. So sorry. It is from Jillian of Midgard who says, a really great podcast that gets better with every episode. Learn, grow, love, and beware. And I do love that little catchphrase. I would like to embroider that on something. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Jillian. We really, really appreciate the review. We appreciate you enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening. Tweet at us, your monster crush, at monster crushing. And uh, I think what what we can really take away from this episode is that you should stay wet. <laughs> stay wet, everybody. Keep moist. <laughs> and uh, learn what, what, what scientists are called. <laughs> <laughs> There's the there's the wet scientist and the dry scientist. I don't know how I can make this any more clear. Those are the two. Those are the two genders. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>